I want to talk about something else right now that's been near and dear to my heart, and I know it's been near to our chairman's heart. I want you to turn to two passages with me. The first is Luke 17. Luke chapter 17. Starting in verse 7. Jumping in um, mid-story here, but we'll, we'll keep it within context. Luke 17, verses 7 to 10. Jesus has a really, really fascinating story. One that I've been, this has been, just so you know, something that I've been parked in personally. I've just sat on this text now for a long time. And it's something that's been, I've been wanting to, to speak about. And this is the day to do it. Luke 17, verses 7 to 10. Jesus says this, And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to the servant when he has come in from the field, come, come at once, sit down to eat. But will the master not say to the servant, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward you will eat and drink. Does he, does the master thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all these things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants for we have done what was our duty to do. Let me read it again, this time with a little bit more color, a little bit more commentary. Because this is a tough story to understand. Luke 17, verses 7 to 10. Jesus is speaking. He's sharing a a parable. And he's speaking to his his disciples. They're asking him, Lord, we want to be better. We we want our our faith to be increased. We want our our spirituality to be richer, to be deeper. We want to go further in, in our relationship with you. Increase our faith. This is what he says, verse 7. Which of you, having a servant, plowing or tending sheep, so a servant who's, who's doing his duties on the farm, on the estate, the servant is out, he's plowing, he's tending sheep. Which of you masters, he's referring to the apostles here briefly as masters, which of you masters, having servants out, plowing, tending sheep, will say to the servant, when he's come in from the field, when he's come in from his duties, his daily duties, the basic functions of his day, what master will say to that servant when he comes in after the daily duties, come at once, sit down to eat? Verse 8. No. The master's not going to say that. But will the master not rather say to him, instead, this is what the master's going to say to the servant, Prepare something for my supper. Gird yourself. Serve me till I have eaten and drunk. And afterward, you will eat and drink. Does the master thank his servant because the servant just did the things that were his daily duties in the field? 
Does the master praise the servant? Does the master go, oh my goodness, what a, what a fantastic individual you are. You have done your daily tasks. Praiseworthy. Honorable. Phenomenal. You checked them all off today. Great job. Verse 9, does he thank, does the master thank his servant simply because he did the things that were commanded him? No, Jesus says. Not enough. Not enough to just do the basics. What's commanded of you? What you're supposed to do. Verse 10, so likewise you, disciples, when you have done all those things which are commanded you, when you've done all those things that is your duty to do before God, when you have checked off the basics, not even gone further, but just the the fundamental elements of your relationship before God. Verse 10, So likewise you, when you've done all those things which are commanded, you say to yourself, if that's all you've done, you say to yourself this, we are unprofitable servants. For we have done merely, I would add the term merely, what was our duty to do. We are unprofitable, Lord. Because all I've done is the bare minimum. The bare minimum. My concern uh, to my church family and... uh, (laughs) Seeing as how I'm, I've been humbled today um, by not being ready to preach what I thought I was going to preach on. Uh, I figure we can all use a little bit of humbling. Um, it's my uh, it's my belief that many in the church, and I say the church at large, the church universal, and particularly the context of the church in Southern California, in South Orange County, that we Christians are guilty of just doing the basics. Just doing the bare minimum. And I'm, I'm deeply troubled by that. I know Glenn and I have had conversations about it And if you'd like to say a few words at the end of this, I I encourage you to. Um, And I know Tom and I have talked a lot about it. It seems, friends, that we're in a culture now that that things are just optional, you know? That um, I spoke, I remember about a year ago, a, a, a message, six months ago maybe, a message called the God of Open Options. The God of Open Options. And I had the word God there as little g, because what I meant by that is that it's idolatry, idolatry, to go through life supposing that you have these limitless options about what you can do with your day. Limitless options, that your day is designed around you, that your day and that your, your week and your weekend, I mean, it's your weekend, is designed around you and you alone. Your entertainment, your pleasure, whatever floats your boat, 
that we are living in a culture today, in a church that, that's, that's in which the, the culture has just crept into and, and pervaded and perverted, we are living in a day and age in which we think that every day is about us. Every day is about our wants, our needs. And that we have conviction about very little because we have so many options that we can go to. And so once we feel a little bit of conviction on what we ought to do, what is our duty to do, as referenced here in Luke 17, we turn and we find something else that'll, that'll please or take care of that conviction. In Luke 17, Jesus is saying, and guess what? Even when you do your duty, it's not good enough in the eyes of God. Even when you do do the basics, and by the basics I mean attend church, participate in ministry, not forsake the, the gathering of ourselves together, but encouraging one another, praying for one another, seeking out who can I minister to, who can I love, who can I serve. The basics, Jesus says, even if we were to do the basics, it would still not yet be praiseworthy. And I fear that we're in a culture and in a church and in a day and age in which we're not even doing the basics. How much less is God pleased with us now? If the master of Luke 17 was displeased by a servant who just checked off the bare minimum, How much worse off are we when we don't even meet that? When we don't even meet that criteria. But instead, we live for ourselves. We live for our pleasure, for our entertainment, for our, for our sports. I drive every Sunday past uh, Founders Park in Ladera. There's a thousand people on that sports field on Sunday morning. A thousand. And I think every time, Lord... <laughs> we've, we've chosen our God. We've chosen our God. When we uh, plan, uh, you know, trips, we, we know when we plan vacations and, and times of rest, which is good, we need vacation, we need rest. I find it interesting how often we, we plan it without even a thought about how it might affect our participation in the body of Christ. You might say, well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor. You're supposed to be here every Sunday. Yes, I am. And uh, that's right. John's right. So are you. You're supposed to be here. Hebrews 11.25. Read it. 10.25. Hebrews 10.25. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day of Christ approaching. You wonder if you're going through life and you're feeling empty, you're feeling low, you're feeling without hope. One of the primary reasons you feel that way is because of your lack of participation in the body of Christ. And I don't just mean a warm body in the pew. I mean your lack of participation in the body of Christ. I'm not talking just about attendance 
I'm talking about you being the lifeblood of the body of Christ, as a member of the body of Christ, that every part has its role to play. And I fear that there are far too few parts of the body of Christ that are working. And it's not just here at Coast. I'm speaking of the church at large, but I'm also speaking to us. And I I spoke uh, to uh, a friend the other day about how I know that other churches are grappling with this. I speak to pastors often, and I've interacted with them, and they're saying the same things about their churches. They say, you know, it's just kind of, everything's just kind of on hold right now. There's just kind of a lackluster tone in the church. The people are there. They're friendly. But you know what? They're barely doing the bare minimum. And God says, I wouldn't even praise you if you got to the bare minimum. And so what that is for us today, as we read a passage like Luke 17, what that does for us is it says, look, God, if I'm going to be a man or woman who receives honor and praise from you when this life is over. That means i got to go way further than even what you've asked me to do. I've got to do my duty as I read it in your word, yes. But even more so than that, I'm called to go above and beyond the call of duty, to work overtime, I have seen in these last years an increase in the desire to serve ourselves and a decrease in our desire to serve our Lord and one another. And I think it is high time for us as a church to renew again our commitment to the body of Christ, to being a witness to the world, to receiving the encouragement that we need here according to Hebrews 10.25 and then using that encouragement not just because we want to come here and just uh, have a time of patting each other on the back but no, to use that encouragement to use that strength to use that hope and that it would spill out into our community I love nothing more than to see when our people rise up with an idea with, with, a, with a vision for what to do in the community around us. And you know how much we rally around that. We've done it time, again, time and again as a church. But we need to come together and we need to be faithful together, encouraging one another in order for us to receive that hope, receive that energy, receive that strength. Instead, we're listening to the culture. We're going to our sports We're planning vacations over multiple Sundays. We're missing two, three, four in a row. And we think it it doesn't matter. Not only does it matter to you before God when you don't participate in the body of Christ. Not only is that something that you are going to stand before Jesus Christ one day and have to give an accounting for, but it also matters for the rest of us who do receive encouragement when you come and bless us with your participation. I am discouraged when I know that Christians who know better are not participating in the body. 
When Christians who should be, should be at this point in their development, their spiritual development, they should be over here and yet they're here or even regressing. I get discouraged by that and I take some responsibility for that as, as a pastor. And I know our elders do. So not only is it, a, is it something that you'll have to answer for if you don't want to participate in the body of Christ, but it's something that discourages those around you though you may not even know it. You might think, Pastor, I don't really know what I do when I participate in the body of Christ. I come on Sunday and I don't have a great role to f- fulfill. It doesn't feel like I'm doing much. You know, I, I, would, I would just wholeheartedly disagree with that assessment. I, can't, I could point to so many of you today who you might think, What do I do when I come to Coast? And yet you bless me. You encourage me. You pray for me. Some of you, some of you are older and you're at a point of weakness in, you know, in your age and your strength and you can't do all that much. And yet for those of you who are at that stage of life, you know what? When you pray for us, when you come alongside uh, me and my family and just say, I've been praying for you. We love you. It's such an encouragement to me. When you go out and do that to others in the church, it's such an encouragement to them. So don't ever think that, that your role, your, your, the position that you're to play in the body of Christ is insignificant or that, that no one notices. We do notice. We do notice when you're gone. We do notice when you're not participating. And you know what else? The people who are participating, some of them are getting tired. They're getting tired of participation because they are, are having to shoulder the load that so many others are letting go of. Paul tells us to, to bear our own load, to bear our own backpack, so to speak, to do what is our job to do in the body of Christ, to bear one another's burdens as well to look out for one another when we're having sorrow and we're going through trouble. And when we're not here and not present and not participating, then you're not bearing your load in the body of Christ. And others, their loads get heavier. And they get weak. And they get discouraged. Luke 17. Jesus is the master. Jesus is the master. Which of you, my servants, after you've plowed the field, tended the sheep, done your duty, you come in and you say, okay, Jesus, it's my time now. It's my time. Feed me. Give me drink. I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to check out. I did the bare minimum, Lord. Aren't you proud of me? Jesus says, nope. I'm not. Instead, I want you to go even further. Love even more. Serve even more sacrificially. Prepare yourself. Gird yourself. Serve me till I've eaten and drunk. And afterward, afterward, may not come in this life, by the way, afterward, you'll receive blessings. You'll eat and drink. Does God thank the servant because he did the bare minimum? I think not. So likewise, you, his servants, me, our elders, 
our pastors, our teachers, our volunteers, our servants of Coast Bible Church, so also you, when you've done all these things, bare minimum, just getting by, thinking, ah, I did enough today, Lord, right? Say to yourself, I am unprofitable because I only did what was my duty to do. There are not many times at Coast Bible Church where we uh, give a message that is uh, (laughs) sometimes more motivated by guilt than by grace. We're a gracious church. We are a grace-based church. We extend grace and mercy to all. And we know that it is only by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ that we even have eternal life with God by trusting in Him. So we are a gracious church, and we are a merciful church. And you don't hear a lot of guilt from this pulpit. In fact, you hardly ever hear it, because we talk so much about the grace of God. But today, I want more conviction in us. We should be a little guilty. I know I am. Because our commitment to the church, to the body of Christ, our commitment to serving our God and doing what He asks, and not just what He asks, but going above and beyond the call of duty, I fear we're falling short of that. I may be wrong, but I believe you sense it in your heart too. So I'm asking you going forward, and I'll I'll have Glenn give the benediction today and he can say some words himself. But I'm asking you going forward, Would you help me go the extra mile? I want praise from God. I don't want praise from man. When this life is over, there's only going to be one audience who I stand before. I want praise from God. I want you to have praise from God. The only way you will get that is by not just doing the bare minimum, and thinking that you skated by, but by recognizing that you need a total and utter and loyal commitment to the church and to the building up of the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, O Lord, um, we pray that your spirit would convict us where appropriate. If this is a, a message for us, God, would it resonate in our hearts? We want to do better, God. I want to do better. We want praise from you, Lord, but I fear that we're all falling short. We have let the the, the pleasures and the entertainment of this world corrode our mind into thinking that that's even fulfilling. It's not. It's not. God, you are our all in all. And we want to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, knowing full well that when we do all the real blessings, all these good things will be added to us as well. Let us renew again, Lord Jesus, by your Holy Spirit this morning. Let us renew again in our hearts a desire to not merely skate by in this life, but to go above and beyond wherever you're calling, God, wherever you're calling that, that effort. It can be done in many different ways. And it's not just about parking it in the pew. It's about being the hands and feet of Jesus wherever we go. 
Let us be a church that rises up beyond the bare minimum that we might serve you with our whole heart and mind and receive praise from you on the last day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I wasn't really ready to give the benediction today. But Neil said several things that I thought were very pertinent and uh, reflective of what we've discussed. We as a country, we as a state, as a city, have really fallen to the point where we're confused about where God is. God is in his church. God is in his people. If you want to have that experience of knowing God and serving God and then hence getting the rewards. I think it's incredibly important that you keep your priorities straight. You've probably heard that before. Priorities are one of those things that come and go and you know next last week it was this and this week it's that. There's one priority that should always be at the very top of the list. Not near the top, at the top. That is, you need to find yourself a church. You need to put yourself under a shepherd. In this case, it's Neil and Tom. In that situation, God says that's number one priority for you. Once you're here, I want you to be the servant that Luke is talking about the one who goes beyond, who doesn't just do the minimum, who doesn't show up once in a while. But there is something that's interesting, I think, in our life as a Christian, is, is things seldom happen, not only as a Christian, but as a person. You seldom have a certain activity one day, and then the next day a completely different activity where your, your thoughts are completely changed. I think the key thing for us is, is that we start by making commitments that we will keep in regard to the church. If it's just coming on Sunday as a start, I encourage you, come on Sunday, but make it every Sunday. If it's, I'm going to come to uh, Sunday uh, service every day, every week, and I'm going to go to the, uh, to the study with Dick Foote on Tuesday. Do that and come to Dick Foote's thing. And then maybe God is leading you to be a teacher for the kids. You're thinking, Glenn, my life is so busy. I, I can't possibly do all these things. First, I would doubt that because we all have priorities which we put above what God wants. Once we put God's priority at the number one position, all of a sudden things start falling into place. It is totally astounding when you're going, wow, that's, that's actually working out. God says he's going to bless you for it. He promises to give you crowns in heaven for that type of thing, where you're actually doing above and beyond, as Neil was saying. What a praise that is. The best part is, is you have all these brothers and sisters here to support you. 
Look to your left and right. Those are your brothers and sisters. In many cases, more so than your own brothers and sisters, your blood brothers and sisters. I would just ask that uh, you take this to heart today, that you listen with your heart. Let God lead you. Let the Holy Spirit work in you so that you can feel that draw. I think it's crucial for this life because certainly the world can be a crushing burden. But God says, with him all things are possible. What a praise that is. Let's take a minute and just enter his throne room as we get ready to uh, go on our way today. Gracious Father, Lord, we just thank you for the chance to come together to praise you, to worship you, to learn of you. I would ask, Lord, that uh, you would have the Spirit just work in our hearts so that we can keep you as that number one priority. The one thing in our life that we can always hold as a constant because this world is certainly not going to give us anything such as that. We'd ask, Lord, also that you would just remind us that our brothers and sisters need us. They want us to be here. They want us to be consistent in our worship. Lord, I ask now that you would just keep us all safe, give us a safe trip home. And I also ask that you help us to think on this during the week. We pray these things now in Jesus' precious name. Amen.